You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gives you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello, friends. Welcome to Yoga Magic. I'm your host, Ashley. I'm so glad you're here. If you're new to Yoga Magic, we talk about all things self-care, self-discovery. Occasionally, I like to hop on here, just do a shorty solo app, give you the lay of the land as it relates to astrology, self-care in my life, and hopefully answer some questions for you. So that's what we're doing today, pals. We're just connecting, check-in points, just popping in, just popping in as the influencers of the world say. Oh, okay. So quick astrology update to set the tone. If you're listening to this in live time, we are in the midst of Leo season. And I talked about Leo season in depth on my friend Gina's podcast, Past Lives in the Divine. I do that once a month along with our friend Meredith McGowan, astrologer from Earthling Astrology. And we talk about it. We get into the details about this. But I wanted to point this out because I'm really feeling this energy right now. I don't often feel collective energy. Um, And when I say collective energy, I mean, okay, so the sun has now moved into Leo and that sets the tone for, for the collective. I feel things more specifically as it relates to my own chart, but I have, I've been feeling this collective energy. And I think there's a couple of reasons. First, Leo energy is big. It's just, it's like you, when you see a Leo or a Leo enters a room, you immediately, you notice them because they're bright and they're shiny. And this is the first time in a while where we've, we've really stepped out into the light. If we think about the last few years of being at home, being indoors, and in now, in this, in this moment specifically, we're getting out into the world. We're showing up as our full selves. We're stepping into the light. We're adorning our bodies. We're showing off a little bit. You know, we're getting getting the cute outfits, going out and doing places, doing things <laughs> at places. And so, you know, it's it's very real. And there's an interesting feeling with Leo, especially towards the end of Leo season before we move into Virgo, that is kind of exhausting, right? It's that end of summer vibe where you're like, oh my gosh, we only have, you know, a month left to do all the things. We have to hustle. We have to keep going. Let's keep showing up. And and that is great, especially if you have endless energy, if that, if that suits you. But it's not for everybody. And somebody described this as like the summer scaries where you're, where you're feeling the pressure to keep doing all the things at the end of the summer. And I'm just here to say any if to any of you that maybe are like, ah, this is overwhelming. I'm really tired. I want to take a break. That's okay. That's okay. And there's there's a specific cosmic um, idea that I want to talk about that I think can help us 
navigate navigate the energy the collective energy and also just find this like really magnetic middle so when leo season started um um mid-july right right about a week ago and when i'm speaking into this microphone (laughs) it entered into the sun and immediately we entered a full moon and if you know anything about full moons i'm not sure if i've ever really talked about this about the idea of a full moon the full moon is so cool because it brings in one sign one sign in the sun and the opposite sign in the moon Okay, so right now, or we just finished a full moon in Leo, which means the sun was in Leo. Oh my gosh, I said that wrong. A full moon in Aquarius. So the sun was in Leo, moon was in Aquarius. And there's these are very different energies, but it's not, it's not like right and wrong. It's not anything like light and dark. These are just different, okay? And if you happen to be born on a full moon, if you want to tie this to your birth chart, it's an amazing self-study to find the balance, to find these the dance of these polarities when you have opposing signs. So let's talk about Leo and Aquarius because I think it helps, at least for me, has helped to learn more about the signs within my chart to understand their polar opposite. So if you look at the zodiac wheel, there are opposite energies. So Leo is at one place and the opposite side of the wheel is Aquarius. Here's what we know about Leo. Leo loves to be seen. Leo is bright and shiny, like I talked about, very much initiating, go forth, do the work. But Leo is is really generous, is really creative, is really here to help others. There's there's a lot of good in Leo. You know, sometimes we hear about the stereotype of a Leo being overly dramatic, whatever. That that's the shadow side definitely to a Leo energy, but they're here. Leo energy is here to help bring others into their success. They're manifestors. They're generous. They're willing to share their wisdom. They're the teachers, okay? But they like to be seen while doing it. They like that gratitude. They like that appreciation. Flip side of the coin, Aquarius. Aquarius energy is equally as um, helpful, equally as focused on the betterment of the collective. They're very, very wise they're confident in a different way. Um, they're confident in their knowledge and they're really rooted in the things that they know, even if it is outside of the box. But the major difference is that they don't want to be seen, right? They want to do it behind the veil. I think about like the man in The Wizard of Oz that was working behind the curtain. That's that's the Aquarius to the Leo, which is the big face, you know? So I say this because finding this middle Finding this middle ground in the final months of the summer of the magnetic middle of Leo season with two full moons in Aquarius. So not only are we feeling this once, but we're feeling it twice, which is called the blue moon when you have that second full moon in the same sign. We can use both energies to help the betterment of the collective right now in whatever way that that translates for you, right? It's showing up big and bright, but also it's letting others shine as well. It's thinking about others and using your wisdom to solve problems, to make those around you feel really comfortable 
And yet it's thinking outside the box. So it's this this totally balanced version of of Leo season that we can take on. And I think we, in my opinion, will find a lot more um, consistency and, and stamina to continue through the summer, through a typical Leo season with all of the energy and still feel really rested. So if this is new information for you, I hope that you find this really helpful. I'm going to give a few more updates on my take on the astrological happenings um, because I know that a lot of you are interested in this. And again, collective energy isn't always felt. Um, it's not always extremely palpable, but in certain cases it is. And it's fun to navigate how you can work with this, how you can work with this energy. So happy Leo season. Happy double full moon in Aquarius. So much to work with this season. And happy end of summer. It's not, this is not the end of the world, everybody. It's just the end of one season, right? <laughs> For those of us that live in Minnesota, it's like kind of the end of the world just a little bit because the winters are so brutal here, but I'm I'm keeping it positive. There's much to look forward to. Hopefully we can continue to travel and do fun things this year, but if we can't, you know what? We know how to function at home. We've learned well, so positivity. All right. I, I want to talk about, um, or rather answer a couple questions that have come in from listeners about cosmic self-care, self-care in general. Before I get to that, a couple updates on things that I'm loving at the moment. First, I've talked about the how my morning practices change a lot. And they change, I mean, a lot. I'm Sometimes I'll be doing morning pages. Sometimes I'll be meditating. Right now, I'm making a really delicious kind of bougie coffee with all of the goodies in it. Um, I like to draw an occasional card in the morning. But what I'm saying this because... We we definitely change as our life changes with morning routines, with regular self-care. And that's so okay, everybody. There's no, you know, rigidity to these practices. It's about what makes you feel good. And that's, that is a challenge to find that self-study. We're going to talk about that in a sec. Um, but I just want to give that disclaimer that things can change so frequently. That's, that's part of, of self-care is listening to what you need in the moment. Some other things that I have been loving is I talked about strength and like resistance training a little bit more recently on the show, but I've been getting out there and doing more high intensity workouts, which I, in a year ago when we were in the height of the pandemic, it felt so exhaustive to do that. I just like couldn't the output in my body wasn't there. I did not have the energy to do something super intense, but it's come back. And I think that's so interesting because maybe it's just me, maybe it's just what's happening in my chart and my hormones and my life. But there are times when we have the energy to go forward and really and exert that energy. And there's other times, you know, long periods of time, maybe even a year, where we, we want to turn inward and do those restorative practices. I've talked just a short bit about being on somewhat of a weight loss journey at the moment. Um, and I want to be really like open and candid about that because there's no shame in wanting to refine the body that you have to what you what feels best for you. So for me, this is all stemming from from my miscarriage and having this this baby weight that makes me sad and lately it's been so invigorating to focus on on getting to the state where I feel strongest and confident and healthy 
And resistance training is one of the best things that I've been doing for that. And that's lifting. That's I love the bike boot camps on Peloton. Any of the strength classes on the Peloton app, friends, holy, those are amazing. They're so tough and they're short and they're really building that, that, you know, muscle mass. What I've learned and I just from weight loss research and, and reading health things for years and years and years is that at the end of the day, it's diet that affects, you know, our, our body composition or rather I should say weight loss. But when we get into that state of strength training, resistance training, building that muscle mass, our metabolism does change. And so this combination of both is feeling really good at at the moment. And I guess I just don't want to shy away from that. When we are talking spirituality and we're talking about being the best version of ourselves, there is a time when that's our physical form too. And that's okay. It's when it gets to be, you know, really all-encompassing or even obsessive that that that's perhaps hindering from the inside right doing that self-study piece so just sharing my journey at the moment love and resistance training love in my bougie coffees other than that I'm not doing a whole lot I'm not down to the basics I'm not even taking a lot of supplements I feel like it's just kind of good to wipe the slate clean every once in a while and just be like yeah I'm doing I'm doing the minimal I'm feeling strong and when times get tough as they do you know, as I've experienced quite closely over the last year, and I know you have too, I have more tools that I can go to and grab those as I need them. So lay of the land, everybody. Lay of the land. <laughs> Let's talk about your questions and just things that you are curious about right now. So a couple questions on Instagram. And please, friends, as you think of these, send them my way. I love answering user questions and talking about cosmic self-care specifically. So the first question that I got is, how does self-care, This they were using specifically the Cancer Gemini cusp, but I want to speak to cusps in astrology because I think they're really interesting. So if you're unfamiliar with what that means, a cusp is when you are like super close to being another sign. So I technically am on the Gemini Cancer cusp just like my girl that submitted this. Um, and it's it's because I'm born on the first day of cancer season, June. Well, technically it's the second, but I'm zero degrees cancer, right? So it's like right as it shifted over to cancer. Here's my opinion. Other astrologers, and I, I wouldn't call myself astrologer, but other other very intelligent astrologers will have different ideas about cusps. In my mind, your birth chart, based on your exact time, is your sign. It's your birth chart, okay? So if say you're on the cusp of Gemini Cancer, your your chart isn't going to change. It's you're still a Cancer. If you were born a few minutes earlier, you'd be a Gemini, okay? And there are these these energies, they're different. That being said, when we think about evolutionary astrology and Meredith really talks wonderfully about this um, whenever she does readings, we can think of our soul as on a journey, on a journey in this life. And there's a couple different ways that we can look at like what soul energy we're bringing in from past lives and what we're looking, how we're looking to evolve over time. And North and South Node are great places to look at that. I also think it's really helpful to think about, to look at the degrees of your um, your sign, right? So if I'm a Cancer Sun, zero degrees Cancer Sun, 
I like to think of myself as it's kind of like a baby cancer, <laughs> right? I'm learning this energy. I'm not a Gemini. I'm not. But I am, I'm, I'm learning the cancer sun vibe, okay? If that helps you, those of you that are cusps, you, you've learned the Gemini energy, you've conquered that, and now you're moving into the space of, of learning a new lesson, if you're unfamiliar with the nodes, friends, the north and south nodes, those are really interesting because it, again, can show you the energy that you're entering this life in and the lessons that, or maybe even the baggage that you have with you. And you're evolving to the opposite, to the north node, and that's where your your lessons are, you're gathering those lessons in this earth school, on this life, okay? So... My my North Node's in Aries and that's very much about identifying the self and being okay with, with that initiating like I am energy, okay? Versus it being about everybody else, about being the people pleaser. That is very much my North-South lessons within the Nodes, that evolutionary um, progress that I'm making here when I look at my chart. So let's go back to this idea of cusp as it relates to self-care. Go with your sign, your cancer sun sign. And what I would say as far as cancer self-care, oh my gosh, so much good stuff to talk about. Cancer energy is super nurturing. It's also major homebody. So if you are a cancer sun or you have a good amount of cancer in your chart, you love you love creating a sense of home, right? Not a hat, not necessarily a house, not the aesthetic of the house, but more so that warm, that nurturing feeling, that big hug. And that's something that you can use in your self-care practices where you feel safe. Cancer is ruled by the moon. So there's always that like divine feminine motherly instinct to a cancer. And you can do that through rest. You can do that through finding something to nurture, whether it be a plant or a pet or a family or yourself, that's going to feel very much a part of your self-care process. So cancer, Gemini, cusp, self-care, go with the cancer and um, just lean into that, right? Lean into that. This is your chart. This is who you are. And yeah, feeling good about that. (laughs) Good question. Love that. Next question is tips for making morning wake up time easier. And my girl, my friend Rachel submitted this question and it's such a good question and we've been talking about this a little together because I think there's a version of us that sees people that have morning routines that, you know, they get up at 5, 5.30, they're rocking all the things as just like that's the only way to go, right? Oh, well, of course, like get up early, do your meditation, you know, get the get up for the kids, take a shower, work out. And I just want to say that's not for everybody. That is not for everybody. Um, we can look specifically into your moon sign to get a good idea of like of your wake up. For somebody that has, say, an Aries moon or a Capricorn moon, it might be easier to get up, to just get up in the morning and get those goals accomplished and tackle the day. But if you have potentially a more sensitive moon, and I say moon because this is your your subconscious, this is your dream state, this is your emotions. It's really where it's what's happening like behind the veil, it's what's happening at night. So I often associate it with sleep. If you have a Scorpio moon or you have a Pisces moon, it might be hard to just hop out of bed and just tackle the day 
all the time. And so I just want to give everyone grace. If you're like, you know, I don't really love, I don't really resonate with the early morning routines. Totally okay. That's not for you. And let's find other times in the day when you can nurture yourself, when you can self-care. But if you are looking to change your routine so that you're getting up earlier and just have a little bit of space, a little bit of time for yourself, you want to make that happen. Here are my hacks because they there's science behind this. I love Dr. Andrew Huberman who speaks to the, the specifics um, around what's happening in the body. But I'll just give you the highlights from a self-care perspective. So first, if you can get out into sunlight right away in the morning within the first 20 minutes or so, step outside into the sunlight and just let that sun bask on your body. It's what, when the actual sun enters your eyes, I don't, and I don't mean looking up at the sun, I mean just letting the sun, like when you look out and you have sunlight in your eyes, it shifts your hormones to wake your body up and it it works throughout the whole day so that you are, you know, coming up high in that cortisol in the morning and then it starts to slowly diminish throughout the day. And by the time you're going to bed, you're more tired. You're ready. You're set up for sleep. So just getting out into sunlight in the morning, hugely impactful at regulating or shifting your your morning to a little bit earlier. If your morning, it's dark out or it is in the, where I am in the U.S. at like five, it's still dark. Um, there's a couple other things that you can do. Move your body that's huge. If you can move your body and it doesn't have to be a high intensity workout, but rather say within the first few minutes of waking up, do a little yoga flow, you know, do a couple sun salutations, move your body. And again, that triggers the body to say, all right, here we go. I'm waking up and that cortisol comes up. And then throughout the rest of the day, it'll start to regulate, come down so that you feel ready for sleep when it's time to go to sleep. The last hack, last biohack in getting to shifting into an earlier morning routine is to take a cold shower. And I know you're like, uh, please no. <laughs> you can take a nice hot shower and then just do a cold blast at the end, maybe a minute, 30 seconds, two minutes if you can. And that again, puts your body into a stress state, right? It's going to get the cortisol up. It's going to think, oh my gosh, like let's go put you into fight or flight, but also preps you for the day. And, and by the time you get out, you're going to start to regulate, self-regulate. But it does shift your, your circadian rhythm, these, these small hacks, these small things, to waking up a little bit early. Here's my, f- I guess I'm adding another tip. <laughs> the final thing I'll say about shifting your morning routine, just trying to wake up easier, is that you can start really small, okay? Start small, friends, with, hey, I want to get up five minutes earlier than I normally do so that I can do five minutes of meditation. And there's some discipline in this because sometimes we'll wake up and, you know, give ourselves five minutes, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do my meditation. And then we spend five minutes scrolling our phone or we spend five minutes like putting dishes away. If you're going to take that time and set that intention to get up earlier, make sure to attach it to the practice that you want to do. Start really, really small. And then, and then start to increase, start to add a little bit more time. Okay, now I'm going to do 10 minutes of whatever it is, movement, meditation, walking, reading, whatever you want to do in the morning as part of your self-care routine. Shift it until it gets a little bit earlier, until it feels optimal and you're doing it on a regular basis. And then also give yourself grace when on nights you have trash sleep and you just want to sleep in and you can, so you don't have to get to work at a specific time. That's okay too. 
right? There's no rules, um, but hopefully these are these are some specifics that will help get your morning routine a little bit earlier. Good questions, buddies. Keep them coming. I'll answer more as I get them. You know, the final kind of takeaway thing that I want to share as it relates to self-care, because that's what we talk about in the show, is that with all of these practices, everyone, you know, we give love to give so many different ideas, spirituality practices, really things that we can do with our physical body, whether it be movement or yoga or face yoga, you know, all these things, is that there is a level of discipline to self-care. And I say that because that's the question that I get most frequently when working with clients and when working with like mom's groups is, you know, I don't, I don't have time. I don't have time to do this. And I just don't believe that. We all have some time. It does not have to be a lot. But we have to also be committed and disciplined to doing whatever it is that we want to do to make ourselves feel better, right? There's just so much noise and clutter in our life that pulls us out of the intention of what we were going to do in the first place. You know, I I think about this even as it relates to work. Like I'm going to sit down, I'm going to record this solo episode and I'll get distracted by Instagram and like it'll pull me away. And I'm like, I just wasted 15 minutes. That's 15 minutes that I could have gotten this podcast on, right? That's, we're human and that's not your fault. This is very much the world that we live in. And yet you do have enough time and you have to be disciplined enough with yourself to catch yourself in those moments of distraction. If you're going to get up five minutes earlier, like I said, and you want to dedicate that to five minutes of your gratitude practice or making that bougie coffee, don't waste time putting the dishes away or, you know, checking your email. Get up, do the thing. I just got off an interview with an amazing guest that's coming up in a few weeks and She's talking about spirit guides and spirit guides are here to help us in so many ways. But what she so eloquently noted is that they're also here to give us direction so that we can take action, right? They're not just like gifting us all these amazing life treats, right? We have to go and tackle whatever it is that we're doing. That's not, that's different than say like push or, you know, burn yourself out. That's different. But there is this step. You have to take some sort of action in order to reap the benefits of whatever practice you're doing. So start small, everyone, with with the practices that you're trying on. You know, if it's thinking about some of the past episodes that we've talked to, you know, connecting with spirit guides. Say that's that's something you're wanting to do right now. You're really wanting to connect with your spirit guides. Start small. Start with a five-minute meditation or read her book um, that's going to be we'll be talking about on a future episode and start with a few pages every morning, right? Start small and then start to work your way up, but be disciplined, have intentionality behind why you're doing something and what you're doing and then follow through, take that action. I hope this is helpful, everyone. Self-care is hard, I will admit. It's so much easier, so much easier to put everyone else first, to just go through the motions, to get distracted, but when we can pull it back to ourselves. We can focus inward. We can bring in these tools, many tools that we talk about in the show. Um, We really do see our life changing. I, I truly, truly believe that. Okay, quick plug. If you're not already on the email list, um, the Yoga Magic newsletter, I would love to have you on there. You get a free morning routine self-care guide for your sign. So just give you a few ideas for your specific sign. Works perfectly since we're talking about 
our how to get up a little bit earlier, how to shift our routine. Um, so when you hop on the newsletter, you'll get that free guide. And there's a number of fun events coming up. If you're on the newsletter, you'll hear about those first. I'm here if you're here in the Twin Cities. We're doing yoga at the farm on August 21st, which is a Saturday. Um, I have a number of fun workshops on the platform Learn It Live, where I'm talking about specific signs and self-care. So each month we'll be doing a different sign talking through all of these different ideas that you can use if you have that particular sign in your chart or if you just want to use it as a collective energy. And a number of fun events with some of our favorite guests on the show coming up this fall. So hop on that newsletter. Would love to see you there. And finally, um, make sure we're friends on Instagram. If you like this episode, if you like any of these episodes, they're helping you navigate your self-care. Go ahead and tag us on Instagram. My Instagram is at ashleysondergaard.yoga and the podcast is at Yoga Magic Podcast. I'm so grateful for you, everyone. Thanks for showing up, for doing the hard self-care work, and I hope to see you next week. <laughs>